You are listening to Natural Born Alchemist. Welcome to episode number 140 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In 2008, over 10 years ago from recording this episode, deep inside the dark mud of the Nile River in Egypt, the ancient frog god Kek woke up from its slumber in order to cast light and darkness across the world in the form of the internet meme Pepe the Frog. At least if you believe the followers of Kek. Pepe the Frog is a famous anthropomorphic frog originally from a comic created by Matt Fury called Boys Club. Beginning in 2015, the character's image had been appropriated as a symbol of the controversial alt-right movement. The Anti-Defamation League added Pepe the Frog to their database of hate symbols a year later, but they also added that not all Pepe memes are racist. And since then, Matt Fury, Pepe the Frog's creator, has publicly expressed his dismay at Pepe being used as a hate symbol. And in this episode, my guest is the man behind Pepe the Frog. And we will be talking about Pepe, art, psychedelics and other things. Give it up for Matt Fury. So thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alex. Uh, Happy to be here. So could you uh, tell the listeners a bit about who you are and uh, what you do? Well, my name's Matt Fury, and uh, I live in the United States of America in California. And, uh, you know, um, I'm most known for being the creator of Pepe the Frog, which is a popular internet meme that kind of took off beyond my control. But uh, aside from that, I also do other kinds of artwork and illustration and painting and stuff like that. This uh, Pepe meme, um, did you get upset initially before it started being used by the alt-right? I mean, just the first times it was used, did you feel like some sort of copyright infringement? Well, I don't know. It's just kind of a tricky situation because, uh, you know, I'm familiar with kind of how the internet culture works and stuff like that. And it's really hard to control media, uh, you know, no matter what kind of stuff you're doing, whether it's... uh, film or music or cartoons or art or whatever it's all just kind of uh uh, the internet kind of neutralized kind of a lot of people's experience with copyright and uh you know intellectual property and stuff like that so um you know initially i had more much more of a casual approach to it but then uh when the kind of uh, political spin started to take off here uh that's when i decided to try to uh you know assert my uh um, ownership over Pepe. Because just a few days ago, uh, I noticed on YouTube that somebody had taken a like an electronic piece of music I've made and uh, used it for their own video. And I I was joy I you know I felt joy seeing that because I thought, oh that's nice. 
but it was a good video. But if it'd been like some sort of right-wing propaganda video, I, I don't know. It then it uh, becomes more confusing. Which was it, that? That's what's happened in your case. Yeah, indeed. You know, so um, it's 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 all very complex, and uh, you know, there's a lot of different kind of uh, levels you can kind of uh, process this kind of uh, phenomenon. But um, you know, I like to just, uh, at least for my own um, state of mind, I like to just try to take a a bigger view of the whole situation and what's going on. And uh, you know, it's all just uh, weird stuff that's happening on the internet that's outside of my control and uh you know basically the only thing you can do um you know no matter what's happening in your life situation is to just continue to you know do your artwork and be creative and you know make music and and do all that stuff and and sometimes stuff like this happens but yeah mine's an extreme example um but i think in my case a lot of it is is kind of blown out of proportion too where i think that there's a disproportionate uh, amount of hateful ones uh, as there are uh, good Pepe the Frog memes. So I think it was just blown out in, in the news and stuff like that because, uh, you know, people like a, a controversial story and people like, uh, you know, good versus evil and really black and white stuff like that. So so in my case, uh, I'm just kind of waiting for it to kind of settle down. And, <laughs> you know, I do all kinds of artwork outside of Pepe the Frog anyway. So I'm also just kind of um, uh, trying to witness all this stuff almost like... Um, almost like uh, it, from a sociological perspective or something, or just, just looking at it as some strange phenomenon that's outside of myself, but also using the uh, notoriety of Pepe for, um, to spread my own messages, which is, you know, uh, a lot more lighthearted than uh, the kind of jokey extremism that he's um, being associated with. Is there something you could call bad publicity? I mean... Uh... Uh, because I'm, I'm sure it, it was also good in your case because you're doing this Kickstarter to make this comic book. I'm sure there would have been less interest if this meme had not gone the way it did. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, you know, what the bigger picture is, you know, whatever kind of situation life presents itself with, um, you know, sometimes uh, something that could uh, initially seem extremely bad or weird... Um, uh, if you just kind of wait around a while or you take advantage of, of what are uh, the possibilities of, of something positive, um, then, uh, you know, it's all about kind of like your attitude with dealing with this stuff. And, um, yeah, ironically, I think because of all of this um, weird meme stuff, um, it's come back to me as the creator of, of Pepe the Frog. Like, because normally memes, when they take off, like, it doesn't matter who the creator is because it goes beyond that. But but in my case, it it actually kind of um, more solidified me as, as uh, being the one who kind of owns the copyright of Pepe and all that. So Pepe is a character from this uh, uh, Boys Club comic. Yeah. Yeah, he's just one character. There's four dudes, and they're all just, uh, you know, I did the comic uh, you know, geez, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or even even longer. And, uh, you know, it was just kind of a post-college lifestyle of, you know, when four boys live together and they just kind of do a lot of nothing, like play video games, smoke pot, you know, fart on each other, uh, you know, pull down their pants. And, you know, it's just a lot of nonsense. So, um, And they're all just these cute little animal creatures that are just kind of hanging out. And that drawing style, is that, is that like your style even in other things you do or do you, do you have different styles when you do art 
I think the core of it is kind of my style, but it's more stripped down uh, version of my artwork. So, um, you know, it's a little bit more streamlined. It's it's black and white, just like more simplified comic book stuff, you know, almost like a Garfield comic or something like that, where it's just it's just much more simple. But I also do other artwork where it's more, um, you know, richly textured and detailed and colorful artwork. And, and um, that's the stuff I, I really enjoy doing. I haven't actually done comics in a while, so I'm looking forward to um, doing this Kickstarter comic book and getting back into it. And can you tell a bit about this Kickstarter comic book? Yeah, you know, um, I, I'm just in the early phases uh, right now of just uh, bouncing ideas around. Um, my brother Jason Fury is, is kind of helping me um, uh, figure it out, uh, getting the, the bones together to build the skeleton of the, of the book. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have... Um, uh, have a core narrative yet. I think it, it's just going to be, um, you know, just just what I usually do in comic book form, but maybe a little more psychedelic and weird, and uh, you know, trying to transcend all of this the the weird um, uh, political stuff that's happening right now, and just taking it back to to a level that um, you know maybe everybody can relate to, even the the small amount of people that are that are involved with the so-called alt-right might even appreciate it and, and could be uh, led down a, a more uh, uh, a nicer path <laughs> I don't know I'm just trying to uh, trying to just give Pepe the best possible death he deserves don't you feel like this alt-right movement is kind of like a fad yeah I don't even think it's much of anything except for some loosely associated uh, anonymous weirdos on the internet just trying to uh, um, uh, almost like pull a big prank or something you know it you know it's it's not my sense of humor I don't even think it's funny or, or, or weird or anything but I think it'll just uh, fizzle out eventually and um, it's just weird that Pepe as a meme phenomenon is still going now I mean it's been years so uh, who knows what's what's in store for Pepe, but um, I'm looking forward to uh, kind of chiming in. And but this Anti-Defamation League, they marked it as a hate symbol, but it doesn't stop you from using it. I mean, like, they won't go after you for using it. Oh, no, no. Uh, you know, the, the, sad, the sad truth about, um, about that is that it kind of had the unintended consequence of, um, you know, kind of normalizing this kind of hateful speech. Like, if you look up any kind of um, cultural icon, like Mickey Mouse or My Little Pony or SpongeBob or anything, they all have um, internet Nazi counterparts. You know, it's the internet. Um, but I think in the Pepe situation, because you know, I wasn't like a well-known um, comic book guy, like uh, like Garfield or My Little Pony or something like that. That uh, it was just kind of um, exploited and taken advantage of, but um, but yeah, who knows what's going on with that? <laughs> I've had for since I was a child, or not child, but maybe a young teenager. I've always had this idea for a piece of art that I never could be asked to make, but it was it was going to be a huge canvas with uh, profile photos. Of ev you know every celebrity you could ever think of and historically historical characters as well and and the only thing you would do is draw a Hitler mustache on all of them. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So uh, you mentioned that you wanted to go down uh, with the new comic book a bit psychedelic. So how does the psychedelics pl play a role in in your life? 
Well, uh, you know, I I come from a generation that's, you know, post the whole kind of um, early days of psychedelics where, you know, if you look at guys like, you know, not to put myself in the same boat as the, these guys, but I, just to give it some context, but, you know, guys like Timothy Leary, who I think you featured on, on your podcast, and, and Ram Dass and all, all these guys, like the kind of pioneers of, of Western psychedelic research and stuff like these guys didn't start doing it until they were like uh, almost they were like in their midlife and so they had already um uh, had carved out these intellectual careers and they were into psychology and stuff like that so so they were already kind of had this fully developed brain and then they and then psychedelics seemed to lead them in this kind of new kind of wide open direction and uh, you know when i was younger in high school and stuff i would read a lot of timothy leary and um Terrence McKenna and stuff like that, and, and it really influenced me as well as dabble in uh, uh, LSD and stuff like that. And uh, so I think it does kind of um, uh, affect uh, kind of the way you even see the world, or you see colors, or you relate to nature and, and all these things. I, I really think it's uh, just a really quick way to um, kind of um, carve through kind of all, all of this kind of reality that you're grown up with and then see kind of outside of that and see a bigger picture so um you know it's definitely influenced the way that i do artwork and stuff like that i watched some of your artwork on your website and it's a strange combination of somehow at a childlike style but with this like uh, dark some of them are quite dark uh, imagery uh, mixed together was that something conscious or is it just happens naturally for you or, and it also seemed like there was some sort of occult overtones to it yeah um well i've just been i've always been interested in in kind of darker stuff and, and um you know and total bliss and happiness and stuff like that i think it's all it's all great and it's all kind of fun to um illustrate and uh you know, I, I I would have just as much fun, you know, illustrating like a, a, a demon masturbating on a pile of severed heads as I would like a, a rainbow light body flying towards the sunset on the back of a Pegasus or something. So it's all um, it's all kind of equally inspiring to me. And, and you know, um, and they kind of complement each other, like the kind of darker, weirder occult stuff and then the more lighthearted beautiful kind of life-affirming stuff it's all kind of I like to kind of just intermingle it all together and not um you know neither both of them are complemented by everything else you know it's like a yin-yang symbol or something do you have any like occult or esoteric interest or are you uh, more like window shopping those things Mm. I don't know. I think a lot of it is just kind of like intuition and a lot of it is just kind of what I enjoy doing or what I enjoy drawing. Um, you know, I've always, I, I think just kids in general, like, like we all kind of start off drawing in, in school and stuff like that. And I feel like life is a process of just like slowly kind of, um, everybody kind of stops experimenting with all these stuff and you kind of get locked into one thing or, or another thing. But, but I think that as an artist, um, you can kind of, um, stay stay in tune with kind of like this childlike wonder with the world through through your artwork you know it kind of like um it's a fun it's a fun way to just uh 
it's almost meditative, you know. I, I like to just sit in a room and play music. Uh, I listen to techno music and and just sit there with all my colored pencils and paints and stuff like that, and just uh, just draw. And it, it's really peaceful. It's really it's really a nice way to spend the day. What uh, um, tools do you use when you do most of your work? Is it uh, is it uh, oil or watercolors or or? It's a mix. Um, I use watercolor and um, and uh, markers and um, colored pencils, um, uh, pens, pencils, all kinds of stuff. So it's just kind of a mix. Like I, I studied painting in college, so I kind of like uh, I build up drawings and layers and uh, use yeah usually a combination of like gouache and watercolor and colored pencils and stuff so it's just a bunch of different stuff but your main interest is is making like uh, canvas paintings or 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 is it comics um it's actually it's not on canvas it's all just drawings that look kind of painterly so all my artwork pretty much is all colored pencil drawings with some accents with markers and and watercolor and that's what i enjoy doing the most because um I don't know. I was really into the surrealists when I was a kid and really into H.R. Geiger and stuff. And I really like the idea, just the the resonating force of a, of a single image or a single piece of artwork. I think it um, you can kind of tell a little story just with one single image, just as you could with uh, through a narrative, like through a comic book or something like that. But but I've always just been more drawn towards like, uh, you know, a single kind of powerful surrealist image or something. So that kind of stuff just kind of sticks with you because a book you pick it up and you read it and then you're done with it but if you have a piece of artwork that that's dear to you it's just kind of on your wall and it's always with you and um i think it's nice some sometimes when you some comic strips are almost like they don't need to have a visual because if you study them many of them have the same image three times is just uh, what their characters are saying that's different like the text but but the image doesn't change so i always wondered if the guy who made the comic if he just copied the same image three times <laughs> i think some guys do that but uh i like to just keep drawing it um sometimes i sometimes i trace and stuff but uh really it's just there's no rules with it you know it's just whatever you you're enjoying and and uh i think it's a practice too you know it just keeping up with it and um drawing every day and and kind of developing your style because I, i think your style as an artist your style is kind of made through your limitations maybe you can't draw perfectly but if you just keep at it it's your imperfections that kind of define your style and then uh you kind of own you own your imperfections in a way that makes you have this kind of unique voice so um you know just talking about art in general or the kind of artwork that i like which is more character character character-based art rather than like abstract stuff have you ever seen uh, alchemical uh, artworks like drawings uh, used in alchemy books and and such things oh just kind of like weird um, symbols and stuff like that No, there's um, there's that type of alchemical drawing is like symbol and uh, diagram style. But there's also another kind where it's usually people and animals, and it's quite surreal. And most of them are have been made before anything was called surrealism, so it was predating it. And although they're drawn more, it's like 
surrealism is sometimes very unrealistic. So in alchemy, the drawings are more realistic, but they still portray uh, strange things, you know, like the two-headed birds or stuff like that. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've seen a little bit of it, but I'm, I'm definitely not a student of alchemy kind of artwork and stuff like that but i'm open to it (laughs) no because the reason i asked was because when i was looking at your drawings it looked like a contemporary and simplified version of those alchemy drawings the reason i say it's simplified is because in the alchemy drawings they have the image but then they also decorate it heavily around with with symbols and things like that which you you don't have that but um so that's why it's, it's yours look more simplified because it's just the image. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of like just a straightforward image sometimes to kind of describe uh, some kind of abstract notion that I have. Like, for example, like if I'm thinking of something like the uh, the maybe like the destruction of ecology or something or, you know, man in the future and stuff like that. So I like to kind of like illustrate these things that I'm kind of you know, apocalyptic themes that everybody kind of thinks about in, in this current day. So, so I'll illustrate it by, by like having like a, uh, uh, a character that's made up of dripping kind of pollution goo that's kind of smoking and he's all just uh, some kind of industrial, uh, like a, a creature that's made out of industrial waste and he's like bending over Mother Nature who's a, a woman made out of, um, you know, intricate leaves and vines and flowers and things like that and, and he's um, just like you know, screwing her from behind. So to kind of uh, illustrate how I think things are getting kind of screwed up, you know. <laughs> so, so um, you know, everybody has their kind of apocalyptic visions and stuff, and every generation does. And right now I think we're in the, uh, um, you know, the global warming kind of environmental disaster situation. But, you know, who knows what the next generation will be, some other thing. <laughs> Before that, it was um, nuclear war. That's what everybody was scared about. I think it, my parents' generation and stuff. So there's always something to be scared of. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like it's the same script, just like remakes all the time. Yeah, yeah. It's just a, it's just like life itself. It's just a cycle that just keeps on going and replicating and going and going and going. So um, and I like right now for my own art, I've been doing um, kind of more like almost mandala art where it's it's more circular patterns where um uh, i got into just drawing uh, a lot of these crowded creature drawings where it's basically doodling one head after another after another after another just making a bunch of creatures almost like in a um uh, uh, in a crowd or something like that and i'm starting to make them go kind of more circular now so um, and that's kind of psychedelic too it kind of reflects my experiences with psychedelics and stuff where you know you see kind of patterns and like fractals swirling um, something about the swirl has some, you know, resonance with creativity. Do you have uh, only experience with with uh, LSD or other psychedelics as well? Um, just uh, yeah, LSD, uh, mushrooms, and peyote. But I've never done like ayahuasca or DMT, or anything like that. You can also have quite a strong psychedelic experience if you eat. Uh, a big lump of hash oh yeah yeah because I've, I've i've eaten a lot of that uh, a lot of like tincture or you know brownies or something like that and it's uh, very intense <laughs> yeah that, that was my 
my first psychedelic experience was eating a lump of hash, but I ate it by mistake. And and I didn't realize until many, many years later after I tried ayahuasca that I had had a psychedelic experience uh, because uh, I was eat I was very stoned and I was eating peanuts while rolling a joint. And um, that's why I, I swallowed it by mistake. I had I had a psychedelic trip, but I didn't realize it. I just thought I had to get through swallowing the hash. I didn't realize what I was doing, actually. Oh, it lasted for hours, and uh, I puked as well. And they, the, 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 and it was very strong because I, I did the mistake of... If I'd done it intentionally, it wasn't a mistake, but because, I, you know, you should never do psychedelics unknowingly, which I did, which makes it more scary. But uh, when I swallowed the hash... Uh, I didn't have any, so and I wanted to smoke joints, so I went out and bought some more, rolled some joints, and kept smoking, forgetting I eaten it. You know. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Sounds like you were pretty fried. Uh, I haven't eaten hash since then, but uh, I, I uh, uh, but if no other psychedelic is available, and usually cannabis is easily available, that's always an option. Well, you know, I think the interesting thing about psychedelics just in general is it's just a really quick way to kind of uh, cleanse your palate or something. You know, it's like uh, everybody's kind of brought up a certain way and have their own experiences and their own kind of version of what life is based on where they've been or how they've been um, raised or, you know, the different countries that they've been to and stuff. And like, um, I think taking psychedelics, even just once in your life really kind of opens you up and and gives you this new kind of perspective where you, where you do feel, um, I don't know, but, you know, I think in general, you you kind of feel this kind of, um, interconnectedness or, um, this way of, uh, of, uh, kind of, um, relating to the world in a new way where, um, where you've, you've never been able to kind of tap into that before. Um, and it's just a quick way to do it, too. You don't have to spend years um, meditating and doing yoga and doing all this stuff. You just um, you just eat a little something, and then you're just blasted into a, a, a whole new perspective. So I, I think it's really interesting. And I don't think enough people really talk about it or articulate it. Or, and I don't know who's, who's the new... Um, uh, who's the new guru right now? Because we had Timothy Leary, and then we had like Terrence McKenna, and those guys are gone. I'm wondering what the what the new, who's the new guy? <laughs> Due to the internet, I think there's a power struggle, and people are wanting to be that person, and those people should not be that person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I I don't know who the next person is, but but I really look up to people that are really smart and really take this kind of stuff seriously and are able to articulate it in a way that makes you feel like oh yeah they kind of know what's going on too and uh, you know it's just it's it's very mysterious and and interesting and and it's a way because life is mysterious and interesting but we kind of lose sight of it because we get distracted with our whatever jobs we're in or whatever things we're worried about and all this stuff so so psychedelics is a way to just kind of hit the reset button and really um you know expand your perspective in a way that I think is really um, beneficial to your mental health. Some people like this guy. I, I, I don't I don't dislike him, but um, it's this guy called Jason Silva. 
he's made a lot of YouTube videos and uh, you see them all the time everywhere and they're well made and he's saying good things and it's put together well and it's very like a new Terence McKenna kind of style but there's something fake about it I can't put my finger on it I don't it doesn't feel uh, true uh, from him you know and uh, there's been reports also that he's never done psychedelics <laughs> but I don't know about that but I don't know the person but uh, I guess some people would would uh, deem him to be one um, yeah I also think I mean just as more of like a creator I think David Lynch is really good in, in getting into that um, some new kind of dimensions and new realities and and tapping into some kind of like archetypal characters and situations and stuff like that and I, and I think he too doesn't really I, I don't think he really indulged into psychedelics but instead he, he got into meditation and stuff like that but he um, you know he doesn't really talk about it as much as guys like Terrence McKenna or Timothy Leary that you know those guys would go um, just travel the world talking about these things and, and and Lynch does it more through creativity and through artwork and through his films and stuff like that so I'm, I'm just wondering who the next guru is for the west you know maybe the time has come for they're not needing to be another one I mean since you know we have the internet you know Terrence McKenna is quite alive on the internet that's true yeah and yeah you can't really beat can't really beat him in terms of just going super far out there you know his his kind of insisting that um the world would end in 2012 and stuff was you know maybe a little too far out there but <laughs> beyond that i think he was pretty spot on with with everything that he talks about in, in terms of just like um these uh, going into uh, inner space and and you know that the the, the last the final frontier is kind of within yourself and i think that that's really kind of an interesting exciting thing to know that every one of us has the ability to kind of go within and, and kind of explore um you know infinite possibility possibilities within yourself you know but he, he never not from my knowledge he never specifically said it was going to end in 2012 it was more some sort of of shift was going to start happening and it's been quite weird since then i mean he he didn't know if it was an end it was an an end of something I'm not an expert on everything he said. The thing with Terence McKenna is that he gave thousands and thousands of lectures and he you know, usually didn't repeat himself that much. So that can be an issue also with internet because they're all saved online. So he might not even agree with himself, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it's all just there. And um, uh, yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, because of the internet now, people that do kind of publicly speak about things, like, yeah, you'll end up just kind of repeating yourself because you could just listen to one and then the next one and then the next one. But yeah, uh, yeah, Terrence McKenna's great. <laughs> I think they're making a movie about him with Jim Carrey. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I, heard, I don't know if it's true or not or if it's if, if it's what you call fake news, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, it might be fake news, huh? Uh, the, the thing with Terrence McKenna is, like, you shouldn't, like, listen to him strictly. Like, it's more like you listen to it like you're listening to a song and you get inspired, you know, that's how I kind of, like, enjoy him. Yeah, well, I, I think it would be great for such a countercultural hero to be... Uh, 
uh, in a movie with Jim Carrey or whatever, just just so that he would be repopularized for for new generations. You know, um, you know the movie might be shit, but it will at least be a jumping off point for people to go online and kind of discover um, Terrence McKenna and um, and all the uh, interesting and you know wonderful things that he has to say. Just to get back to 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 David Lynch, my wife, uh, her. Uh one of her closest childhood friends uh, her her parents are very close friends with him because they are all into tm meditation and for the last few years i've been scheming of some sort of way to inject myself next time he visits uh, without appearing like some sort of crazy stalker <laughs> <laughs> that's funny <laughs> oh, that's great! Because yeah, I love David. I haven't, I haven't seen the new um, Twin Peaks, but one of these days I'm gonna check it out. And I, I've, I've been hearing good things about it. Yeah, I just want to to talk with him for the podcast. You know, talk about tea and meditation, not not nothing else. You know. Yeah, yeah. Do you do meditation? I do, but not in the. I actually, it's kind of like the hash story. I. Uh, I have been doing meditation. I just didn't realize it was meditation uh, because I always thought, you know, you do it in a specific way or you concentrate on not thinking and that's not really meditation from what I understand now. But uh, this advanced style of meditation, like like tea meditation, no, I haven't, I haven't, I'm not doing that. I should probably. Do you, do you meditate? Um, no, I don't really. Um Yeah, like I said, kind of just drawing for me is kind of a natural way for me to to meditate. Where I've got kind of my mind occupied with um, with just uh, especially when you're, I'm like coloring in a drawing or something like that. It's it's really um, really nice because it just kind of takes your mind off things and uh, you can. But I, I I still think I'm I'm thinking about things. You know, I I don't know how to totally shut off the voice in my head. I think that's the real challenge. I don't know if anybody can do that, but. Um, think you have like little glimpses into the infinite but uh, from what i understand i've read a lot about it but i just really haven't um you know devoted any real time or effort into it yeah it's not easy <laughs> and that's also like you said before it, it's very easy to take psychedelics and and enter that kind of space but it's it's very difficult to uh to um continue doing what you learned during that experience and ad apply it to your everyday life that's the that's the difficult bit the integration exactly yeah because yeah eventually you come down and then you're just back into the same pattern of whatever so yeah the challenge is to really yeah go beyond any kind of repetitive drug behavior or meditation behavior or anything like that and then to just um yeah like you said just kind of keep it fresh like like how Her Ter Terrence McKenna was able to just continue talking about new, fresh ideas all the time, and even though he's done so many lectures and stuff like that. So, so, um, yeah, just just constantly like maintaining a, a state of wonder in in the world, and almost a childlike wonder in the world, and a fascination by it because we're surrounded by so much beauty and such a diversity of biological phenomenon, like plants and animals and rocks and the sun and the moon and the stars and all this stuff and people are just so kind of 
you know, locked into the internet or into technology or into whatever bullshit Kardashian, at least here in the United States, there's so many distractions and, you know, everybody's just kind of in their house watching TV and kind of, um, uh, aren't necessarily open to stepping outside and looking at the stars and picking out the constellations and things like that. So, so I do think, um, you know, psychedelics can play a role in reconnecting you with, uh, just the amazing miracle that's all around us in every moment, you know, and, and we're all just so distracted by it. And, and I think, um, um, you know, it might, uh, it might lead to some, some new miracles, you know, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> I have a little trick, uh, maybe you can try it out, but you have to, if you, uh, I don't know if you uh, do psychedelics uh, on occasion, but if you do, then um, uh, commit yourself in the next uh, two, three times you're doing it, commit yourself to, when you have the experience, you have specific maybe you have specific music or you have a specific uh, scent some smell something that you only uh, use during this uh, experience uh, so it gets connected heavily with it and then uh, when you're not uh, on psychedelics and in your everyday life if you listen or have that smell you can easy more easily reconnect with that uh, state of mind I, I do I, I do that a lot and it, it works very well for me anyway oh yeah that's a great idea yeah especially the sense of smell thing like uh, I feel like smell is such a powerful trigger for memories and things like that you know you'll just get a a whiff of some patchouli or something and then all of a sudden you're back at following the grateful dead or whatever you were doing back then but but it's uh oh yeah it's that's a great idea it's really um and it has to be a smell that you haven't really experienced before. You have, to, you can have no. Has to be a new thing. You have to find something and then smell that th- throughout the whole experience. Um, I have a DMT pipe that uh, I haven't used for a very long time, but sometimes I was, I I just smell it because it DMT has a distinct smell. Smell doesn't smell that good the first time I smelt it, but. Nowadays, I love the smell, and it usually gives me goosebumps when I smell it. And uh, so I have it in my room, you know, like I smell it sometimes. I, I, I just need to smell it. I don't need to smoke it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I lived in San Francisco for years, and during a certain time of the year, it was like springtime or something, these flowers would bloom all throughout the, the Mission District, and they smelled exactly like shrooms. And I would just be walking, and then just getting a whiff of that, I would just be like reminded of you know that experience. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, but so cannabis is recreationally legal where you live in California. But what about uh, the uh, mushrooms and, and LSD and those things? Um, no, I, I think that's all still illegal. You know, uh, there's plenty of other things that are legal though that. Um, Plenty of people do every day, like, you know, whatever kind of um, drugs they take to focus or anti-anxiety or, you know, depression. There's so many drugs out there. But um, the problem, I I think, you know, and this is something that Terrence McKenna talks about, is just like, you know, when you have these basic kind of drug compounds that you can't necessarily control, they become illegal because you can't patent it and then, you know, make a product out of it and all that. But, 
but they're starting to do that with with weed out here so thank god that's that's finally happening you know <laughs> but when a generation has passed at least and you know it's been legal to smoke weed whenever you want wouldn't that like make a, a large part of california go like what about mushrooms yeah i think it's fairly easy to get your hands on any of this stuff i think um yeah i think it's still gonna be illegal because uh, it's just an easy way for um people that are in control to control people that are not in control you know you just you know the whole drug thing i think all drugs should be legal because you know you could easily just plant drugs on anybody and then put them under arrest you know any cop could do that to anybody you know if they have a target you just plant drugs on them and then you're done you know so it's just an easy way for them to control people there's also something that a reason why it's not legal could be that there's this fear factor involved where even people who are not that under you know not doesn't know that much about psychedelics there's something that scares them i mean i've had many experiences where i've Uh, asked if they wanted to do it and they say no in a, in a more fearful way if I'd asked them if they want to do coke they would have said oh no I I'm not interested but with the psychedelics it's more like oh no 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 well I just think it's a totally different category when you talk about things like like cocaine or heroin and these more harder drugs like they're so concentrated and I think that these drugs like in their botanical natural forms should be legal like uh, you know uh seeds you know poppy seeds or you know the whatever leafy plant that they make cocaine out of you know if you just don't you know turn them into the liquor of of whatever its source is and make it so concentrated that it wouldn't have the crazy effects that, that it does but that's just what humans do i mean we've been you know um making uh really concentrated versions of things throughout history so <laughs> there's just no stopping it And um, I don't know. It's just weird to make plants illegal. You know, you should be able to grow whatever plant you want from the earth, and then do whatever you want with it. But it's just not. It's not how it is. Do you live close to the Hollywood, LA area of California, or or elsewhere? Um, I did. Yeah, I was living um, in uh, LA for uh, about four and a half years. And, and I liked it down there, but there was just a little too much um, traffic. <laughs> It's a little crazy. So, uh, so I moved uh, uh, further away, about um, three and a half hours north of Los Angeles, in a in a smaller town now. Do you like sell your art on your website, or uh, have you? Can you can you live off it, or do you have to have like a day job? Um, no, I've had a proper day job in about ten years, so I've just been uh, surviving purely on. Um, illustration work and uh, artwork and stuff like that so i'm lucky in that endeavor but um i haven't updated my website in years uh and i'm kind of off of social media right now so um i have a um uh an agency that sometimes gives me jobs and i don't know so just uh, i'm not super proactive with it usually i just wait i just check my email and see if any projects come up but um but sometimes i i get an idea and then i try to pursue it but um i don't know i'm not very organized with it but it, it's 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 working out so far <laughs> cool what, what's the website if people want to check out even if it's not updated 
Well, I just started a uh, I just started an Instagram account, and it's just my name, Matt Fury, one word on Instagram. And I'm going to start. Um, I'm actually building a new studio right now. And once I get my studio finished, I'm going to do start getting back into doing more artwork. I've been kind of taking a break this summer and chilling, <laughs> but I'm going to get back into it. I'm thinking. I think I'm just going to post on that Instagram account, just Matt Fury, on there. Instagram makes it easy. You just pull out your phone, take a picture of it, and then a bunch of people see it. Sounds pretty great. Well, uh, thanks a lot for uh, being on the podcast. Yeah, well, I hope it, hope it works out. Thank, thanks for having me, Alex. Go to Matt Fury's Instagram if you want to check out his artwork. And it's instagram.com forward slash Matt Fury. That's M-A-T-T-F-U-R-I-E. Now, do you enjoy this podcast? Do you have a couple of bucks you ain't using lying around the house? Uh, Would you be interested in listening to these episodes before they are officially released? And would you want to be able to hear a lot of extra material and deleted content not available anywhere else? Well, if the answer is yes, then go to patreon.com forward slash naturalbornalchemist and become a patron. If the answer is no to all those questions, then I thank you for your continued support of this podcast with your ears. Because your ears are a pleasure for me, because otherwise these episodes would just spiral downwards into the empty void of the cosmos. To close this episode, I'm going to play a song called Tarnished Old Photograph by the band Days and Days from the album Rogue Taxidermy. To hear more of their music, go to daysanddays.bandcamp.com. That's D-A-Y-S-N-D-A-Z-E.bandcamp.com. And I'll post all the relevant links in the program notes on naturalbornalchemist.com as usual. And don't forget to follow the Twitter and the Facebook. You can find it all at the website. Next Sunday we are going to have a little sagacity. Till then, freedom is in the mind. Near skin it glistened in the sun and what shone on the river Reflections of love and the smoke from our cigarettes twirled through the wind We twirled through the air and almost off the bridge and you kept me from falling so I kept you laughing The birds in the trees kept on rat-a-tat-tat Water below us it shimmered like gold. So in that moment with you, I'd go. Alone.